Hey guys, and welcome to the Strong Tower Mental Health Podcast, where you will be inspired, encouraged, and transformed with powerful teachings and real stories of mental health. This podcast is not a substitute for counseling. If you are in a crisis, call or text your local crisis center or visit suicidepreventionlifeline.org. Jesus is in our mental health, and freedom is where we start. I am your host, Heidi Mortensen, licensed marriage and family therapist. Get ready. Today's show is going to bring you hope. Hello and welcome to the show. Do you know what happens in therapy? Do you wonder what happens in therapy? Do you wonder if you need to go? Why can't you just get prayer? Can you just get prayer? Oftentimes, people don't get counseling until things are really bad. We are really afraid to reveal ourselves to someone else. We're afraid to be judged. We don't want our dirty laundry getting out there. We think we're doing everything right and we're getting prayer from our friends. Why would we need to do therapy? It can be scary and overwhelming. It's for those people over there, not me. What if you go and you find out there's something wrong with you or you end up even worse? In this episode, I will talk about what actually happens in therapy and what you should expect. And I will also talk a little bit about healing prayer and the difference between that and therapy. I think as Christians, we can get confused between the two or we don't even know about counseling or we don't even know about healing prayer. Last week's episode on Monday was on clear and healthy communication. And Thursday, I had on a great guest, my friend Julia, who is a county administrator. We talked about some local issues she was having with some Christians not being on board with their wellness initiative. I had an opportunity to really speak life into this community and support that God is behind things, even if it's not outwardly Christian. It wasn't a typical episode, but I think it was very powerful, and I even had an opportunity to invite people to give their life to Jesus if they haven't. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, I invite you into this episode. I pray that you be with the listeners wherever they are at. Pray for any stigmatization of counseling, of mental health, really just goes away right now, and that the listeners are really able to just be open to the possibilities of counseling. I pray for healing over any bad counseling situations that they have had in the past and that you can really just awaken them to the possibilities of moving forward and being open to what you have to say. I pray for your peace. I pray for your presence, for your love, and for your joy to come down in the listeners right now. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. As a mental health counselor myself, I will have people that will ask me, hey, do you know about someone? Can you refer someone to me? You know, I need some errands counseling or I need someone for my son or my daughter. And I will often find someone for them, whether it's with the company that I am with called Bridging Hope Counseling or with an outside agency. When people are asking me, I genuinely want them to get the best reform possible. I don't need them to get our business. What I noticed, though, is that they don't always make the call. And so going to counseling is something that really does take time and it's scary. It really is scary to take that step and to make that 
call and to make the appointment. So I had one particular friend and she gave me permission to share this, that she'd asked me for a recommendation and I gave her a name. Well, she didn't go right away and things got worse. Six months later, she asked me again, gave her another name. She was able to call. She made the appointment. She went in and I want to share what she responded to me after she had the appointment and finished the session. She said, after the first five minutes, I felt safe. The atmosphere felt safe. The office was like a friend's cozy living room. The hardest part was making the appointment and walking through the door. I had to get over my ego and get over myself. Yes, we are not perfect and that's okay. Whatever happens is going to make the situation better no matter what. This was really, really encouraging because this is actually what happens that can slow us down from thinking that I don't need therapy. And especially as Christians, we think I'm good. I have the word of God. That's all that I need. And that is actually true. The word of God is what we need. But what happens is when we have trauma, when we have history, when we've had issues in our relationships, we then start to think different things that are actually not in line with what God says. And the lies stop us from receiving and hearing the word of God. And so it's almost like these doors get open from the enemy and then this door is just swinging of whatever lie, whatever sin we have going on in our life. And we don't even realize that it's happening because we think we're fine or we think that it's normal or other people around us look the same as us. And so we don't actually know that we could use a change or we could use an improvement. So it's important that we're in fellowship with other Christians who really are there to love us, support us, pray with us, and not just tell us that we're doing great no matter what. It's really actually what I have seen a lot of is that we're afraid to speak up. We're afraid to tell somebody, hey, I think you could use counseling. But when you're in a close relationship with someone, it's actually one of the most loving thing that you can do. If you're not in a close relationship with them, they're going to get upset. (laughs) So there does need to be a connection. There needs to be a real relationship. You need to be speaking encouragement to them. And in that conversation, you can say, have you considered counseling? I've gone before. I really recommend it. There are ways that you can recommend it to other people, but this episode is actually more for you. So I hope that you are encouraged by hearing this and would be more open to going if you are not, but it can also help you to be able to talk to your loved ones who are considering, or you think that they need to and they don't. So I want to talk about in this episode, the five things that actually happen in therapy. And the reason why I want to do this is to help destigmatize mental health counseling. When it comes to Christian counseling, this is a completely different topic versus just regular counseling. Let me just speak to that first before I talk about the five things that actually happen in therapy. So there are many counselors who are counselors, and when you see them, then you find out that they're Christian. There are some counselors that say, I'm a Christian counselor, and they step out, they're open about it. You know openly that they are a counselor. It's something that's out there. They're communicating about it. And then there are some that you have no idea and then you go see them and they don't even share anything about their personal life. What I would recommend, especially if you're wanting a Christian counselor, is to just ask, is your faith important to you? And if it's not, you can actually ask them to integrate your faith. So let's say you are in a place where there's not very many options for counselors and you kind of have to take what you can get. That doesn't mean that you can't have them help you. But what they have to do legally, they do actually need to use the things that are important to you in the treatment. And so you can say to them, I need this support. I need to be in the word of God. I need to be in worship. I need to be in fellowship with my Christian friends. They do need to help you 
to make the choices for you and your mental health. And those are the choices that you need to make. And so that's just them being spiritually aware. And this would be the same if I had somebody that came to me who was Buddhist, I would need to support them because that's important to them. It doesn't have anything to do with me, but for them, that's what they want. And that is part of me as an ethical therapist. This is very different from healing prayer, but as an ethical therapist that I need to support what the client wants. And I also want to say that to empower you as a client. I think sometimes we get freaked out by, oh, I don't know if I'm going to get a good counselor. I'm really scared if they're going to say something to me that I'm not a fan of. Well, just tell them. Don't allow that to continue and communicate what you think, communicate what you feel instead of letting someone that has different beliefs be impacted. They need to put you first and your beliefs first. And so I just want to empower you as a client that to not just limit that, but also don't give up and find somebody that really is a fit for you. So the first thing when it comes to counseling is before the first appointment, you will call to get scheduled. With our agency, someone actually answers the phone. With some other places, you don't get a live person or you're talking to somebody on the internet. I'm going to talk to you based on how our agency is. So what they will do is they'll get basic information from you. They'll get your name, your address, your phone number, your insurance information, basic reason why you are seeking counseling. It doesn't need to be deep details unless you really want to know how the other therapists are, will it be a good fit? You might need to give them a little bit more detailed information. Let's say you have a child who's struggling with suicidal thoughts and you want to go and talk to somebody on how to help them. Or let's say you want to improve communication skills with your spouse or you're processing grief with the loss of a parent. You really just need to give that basic information. A while ago, there was a law that was passed that we legally need to have all of our records for our clients electronic. So they call this an electronic health record. So that means that when you come in, you're going to have a electronic portal to fill out your information, just like if you go to the doctor's office. Most places are doing that. That is the same when you come to our office or many mental health agencies. You will have some questionnaires that ask certain questions about your depression, anxiety, some basic medical and mental health questions. Everything is completely confidential in this. We do also have a basically health questionnaire where you have to sign saying that you understand the confidentiality and the mental health rights that you have as a client. All of these you will complete before you go to your first appointment. So number two is the first appointment. This is where you actually meet with your therapist. And at our place, we allow people to either do in-person or telehealth. So we just allow the therapist to choose and the client to choose. So it's really whatever you want and what your comfort level is. When you meet with your therapist, you will go over the confidentiality and the scheduling details. So the therapist will again say, everything is confidential unless you were to tell me that you wanted to hurt yourself or someone else or any vulnerable adult or child abuse. All of that has to be reported. And so these are things that we have to say as therapists. We are mandated reporters. And then there's other basic rapport building questions asking you about your family. I always get what's called a genogram. So I'm going to be drawing a picture of that, wanting to find out some family history. What do you do for work? What is it that you are wanting from counseling? I have asked the magic wand question, which is if you were to wave a magic wand and everything were exactly the way that you wanted it to be, what would that look like? And that's a question that I will ask 
other therapists ask different questions. So every single therapist is different. You also will talk about some basic information if you need to get updated insurance or payment or any details like that. Those are some of the things that you will talk about in the first appointment. And then you will also schedule the next appointment or ongoing appointments from there. Number three is safety and connection to your therapist. You really, really need to feel safe. It is a big deal that you're coming in and you're spilling your guts out to a stranger. If you don't feel safe, it will not be effective. This is probably the most important part about coming to a therapist. And one of the most damaging things that can happen with people who don't feel safe with their therapist or therapists who, let's say they're struggling with something personally and they're not doing their own work. And I'm just saying this because I've been in the field now for a while and I've just seen this happen. Um, So it's really important that as a client, you feel safe. You want to think about people in your life. Who do you feel safe with? The ones that keep your secrets, the ones that don't judge when you talk to them, the ones that when you talk to, they really listen to you and hear you. You want the same in a therapist. Therapists are real people. The letters behind their name doesn't make us naturally have a connection with you. So that is something that you cannot make happen. It will come as you build that relationship. If there isn't a connection, like I said, I want to really empower you. Find a different one, but don't stop. Don't give up. I want to apologize to you for experiences that you have had with therapists that hasn't been a very healthy situation. I just want to apologize for that. I just want to like take ownership. And I just pray for healing right now over you for any therapist who has not been validating, who has not been comforting, who hasn't been affirming of something that is important to you. And also, I want to apologize to those who don't challenge you. I think there are some that just let you come in and be where you're at, which is wonderful and great. That's what we need to do. But there is also a next level of that. I have heard of people who have gone to therapy and their therapist starts to become a friend to them and they stop challenging. They stop keeping them accountable. They stop following up on their goals and even working on things. And again, this isn't, you know, bad intention of the therapist, but unfortunately it happens. And as clients, we need to be able to know that we're empowered to speak up and ask for what it is that we need because we're the ones that actually have the rights as a client. Number four is the length in time. This varies. Our sessions that we have are typically 45 to 53 minutes long. Some people will come for a few months, some will come for six months, and some 12 months, and some even longer with couples and families and trauma work. There are different dynamics with relationships that you have and different things that happen when there's trauma. When there are trust issues, it can take a long time to even build trust with the therapist. So remember when I was talking about the rapport building? Well, sometimes you need time for that to happen. I've worked with people for a year when they finally admit something to me that was really, really deep and dark, but they finally felt safe with me. And you know what, you guys, that's okay. There's not anything wrong with them. If you experience trauma or you experience abuse when you were a little kid, you don't know what you don't know. And so it's all right if it takes time for you to feel safe with somebody. And this is why sometimes therapy is going to be more important and more effective than just going to a one session healing prayer, because you need the ongoing support of really being able to break down and increase those trust issues. You're not going to be able to get to that 
that in one session. However, I very much do encourage people to go to healing prayer, especially if you do it along with therapy. It's very, very powerful. I know that people can get really frustrated because things aren't moving as fast as they want. I myself have actually felt the same thing. We have to remember, though, we can't rush God and we can't rush healing. There are times when you can pray for healing and it literally happens in an instant and God will heal you, but it's not typical. And the reason why is not because of God, but it's because of us. We actually need to hear something. We need a revelation. We need to feel some feelings that we needed to feel. And there's something that he needs to unfold for us that wouldn't happen if he just quickly healed us in a second. That's where the process is what can bring us transformation. Romans 12, 2 says that we do not conform to this world, but we are transformed by the renewing of our mind. This time, this process, this transformation takes time and doesn't always happen overnight because of what we need to hear. I know sometimes I'll say I'm just really dense and I haven't gotten it. Well, it's not that I don't get it. It's that I haven't received the revelation of God's goodness yet for me to even have my brain receive the good news. And so it's not that God isn't doing it. He's literally right there waiting for me, but it's me needing to be able to step back, rest in his truth, rest in his goodness. For me, being in worship is really what unlocks that for me, but I'm busy a lot. I have little kids. And so I struggle sometimes to step back in that place of worship and rest. I know something else when it comes to length and time is, especially in divorce situations, people will say they tried therapy and I'll ask them how many times they went or how long they went. And they'll say, well, we just went once. Well, that's not therapy. So I really want to communicate that if you just go one time, that's not attending therapy. I think that you at least need to go minimum four to five times. And I hesitate to share this because it's different with everyone. Therapy doesn't fit in a box and there is no perfect way for this to be. Everybody is different. And I know some people who've had really extreme trauma, they can be in therapy for years. And other people might judge that and say, well, a therapist isn't doing a good job or they're not working hard enough. Well, when there is multiple layers of trauma, if there's dissociation, there's PTSD, let's say that person is still in an abusive relationship. It takes time to be able to get to that place of safety, take those bold steps of, okay, I need to change this relationship. I need to move this job. Oh, I need to finally admit that this trauma happened. It takes time. It does not happen overnight. And so the fifth thing about therapy is ending therapy. This is the last part of it. This is different with everyone. Typically, when you're using the tools and skills that you've been given and you start to experience the healing, when you come to therapy, you're just going to have less to talk about. You're going to feel more like yourself. You're going to feel more confident. You're going to know that, gosh, maybe I don't need therapy anymore. Philippians 1.6 says, For I am confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will perfect it until the day of Jesus Christ. So we are continuing to grow more and more confident as we are in counseling. And Hebrews 4.16 says, Therefore let us draw near with confidence to the throne of grace, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. So really, we're growing and confident already as a Christian. And so being able to seek a Christian counselor or a counselor who's able to bring in your Christian faith, you're able to grow in confidence even more. 
all therapists will have a treatment goal and success is measured when you've achieved these goals. That's kind of the technicality of how we'd say as a therapist. So an example of a goal could be decreased depression or increased self-esteem or a client to utilize five to 10 communication skills per week on a regular basis. That would be our technical. I would say that it's really nice to find a trusted therapist to go back to at different times. So let's say you go and you see them for about five to six months and you feel really good and really confident, but then maybe five years down the road, you and your spouse are struggling. And so then you can come back to do some marriage counseling. And so it's good to be able to just have somebody that you have a relationship with to be able to come back. Maybe there's some extended family dysfunction that you want to be able to process and have an outside person to talk to, or maybe one of your children is struggling. So it's really nice to be able to have that person that you know you can trust. We all go through different seasons and times in our lives where we don't need therapy and sometimes when we do. There's nothing wrong with any one of these seasons. Something could be showing up for us that we could be getting triggered more. Maybe it's bringing up something from childhood that you didn't even know that you were struggling with. That actually, as I say this, it's making me think that might not actually be something that you would necessarily need counseling for, but you'd need a healing prayer for. So let's say you are actually doing really well and then all of a sudden something keeps coming up for you and you're getting triggered. That's actually a really good insight to be like, oh, I'm going to actually seek someone for healing prayer. So let me shift to that and let me explain what that is. So there are different types of healing prayer. There's one that's called theophastic, and that's a little bit older version. I, some people don't do that as much. And some people would say, I don't like that one. And pretty much every single one that I'm going to share here, there is somebody that says they don't like it, or they have some sort of opposition to it, or they don't like the theory behind it, or they don't like the way that the church operates. And this is what I would say about that. You need to do what works for you and ask the Holy Spirit, ask God what it is that he wants you to do and seek that. There's one called Sozo, just means healing, save and delivered in Greek. So that's a really powerful one. And that actually goes through your relationship with the Godhead. So how's your relationship with Holy Spirit, with Jesus and with Father God. And so really healing any relationships that you have in your life, forgiving, you'll go through the door of fear, the door of any perversion. They really do a lot of cleansing for things that you've had in your past. It's one called Emmanuel Prayer that really seeks to bring the client to their own personal connected relationship with Jesus. So you have a life-giving moment with Jesus. It's really drawing you into your personal relationship with Jesus and not on the expertise of the person that's praying. There's another one called Heart Sync that I've heard about. There's many different ones that have their own deliverance. They'd maybe just call it healing and deliverance. And they don't have a technique that they use, but maybe they do binding and loosing. They'll do that, which is very biblical based. And it's pulling down strongholds. Um, really, in the counseling world, we call that CBT or cognitive behavioral therapy, which is basically breaking lies and taking down the strongholds that the enemy has over our life. Every single one of these, they're all working towards forgiveness, healing, declaring the truth, breaking the lies, pulling out things that have kept us stuck that need us to operate the way that Jesus intends for us to operate. So in summary of this, I'm actually in support of both therapy and healing prayer. They both offer something very different and they both do something that we need at different times. And so I really would have you 
go to the Holy Spirit. Ask God what it is that you think that I need. Don't base it off of what I'm saying here or what someone else has said. You really need to go in and have time with God to find out what is it that you know that I need. Going to therapy doesn't need to be scary, and it can be really freeing. Our friends and family and people, even in ministry, can only hear for us for so long. If there's something that we're repeatedly talking to others about, that means we need to talk about it with a counselor. Sometimes it's exactly what we need for breakthrough. It is normal to go to counseling. You are not nuts. You are not crazy. I want more people to feel that it's normal. So if you're struggling with depression or anxiety or stress, I just want to welcome you into this place of comfort, of safety. We just welcome you, Holy Spirit, right now. As this episode could have brought up some things for people that maybe they haven't gone to counseling and have thought about wanting to go, but they're kind of afraid. And God, I just pray right now that you draw the listeners into this place of safety, into this place under your arms. Then in Psalms 91, you state that we will abide under the shadow of the Almighty, that we will save the Lord. He is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in him I will trust. Surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. He will cover you with his feathers and under his wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and your buckler. Feeling lonely, if you're feeling sad, if you're feeling depressed, anxious, stressed, if you're struggling with an addiction, whether it's alcohol or porn or drugs or gambling or something that you are putting ahead of other people instead of your family or yourself. It could be sugar, but there is hope. God is with you. He wants you to receive the freedom that he says, that who the sun sets free is free indeed. It is not a hopeless case. And there are people out there like myself who've done training, who've got experience. It doesn't mean I'm perfect. So if I'm not a fit for you, find someone else. So I want to encourage you to really be empowered, to find the counsel that works for you. Find the healing prayer that works for you. Keep seeking the Lord, keep asking, and keep finding that place so that you can move towards that place of healing. So right now, I just pray for the right counselor, the right healing prayer ministry to fall in your lap, that you will find the right person and that that right person will have an opening. I know right now it has been very hard to find good counselors. They're full, they're busy, they don't have any openings. And I just pray for God's grace over the openings of the appointment that you need to get. And I pray for the cost will be something that you can afford, whether it be your insurance or if you're paying cash, that finances will not be a hindrance for you. I pray for your the, God's grace over the electronics of all of those pieces that it doesn't cause anxiety, it doesn't cause stress, that you're able to just fill out all the things you need to fill out to do the appointment, and there's no concerns or worries for that. And for those of you who have loved ones that you know need counseling or need healing prayer, I pray for God's grace over that person to receive the invitation or to have somebody else to give them an invitation. And that right now, they will find a counselor. They will find someone who will do healing prayer for them. And they will start to get the healing that you have been desperately praying for. And so I declare for them to receive the healing that God intends for them. Might not happen tomorrow, but it is going to happen. God sees them and he sees you and he wants you healed and he wants them healed because he needs us to be filled, happy, joyful vessels to be out there loving on and bringing freedom to others. And I also just want to lift up to those who are struggling with their kids, with their teens, 
and that I just pray for God's grace to be over those situations. And that even if you go to counseling, that you start to destigmatize going to counseling and you talk about it with them. So I pray for your openness and your willingness to be able to share the stories with your kids because that's a testimony that they're going to watch and they're going to see that it's normal. They're going to be open to going because they see you going, especially couples. If you're fighting at home and you go to counseling and your kids see you going to counseling, share with them. It's going to give them hope. We need to talk more openly about these things. It is a brave first step to make a call, to schedule appointments. But I thank you, Lord, that you are the one who makes us courageous. I thank you, God, for your presence. I thank you for your healing over every single one of the listeners. I pray for healing over depression, over anxiety, over PTSD, over addictions, over difficult marriages. I pray for healthy communication in those marriages and bind up suicidal thinking. And I pray for your peace that surpasses all understanding to come over the listeners right now and that the joy of the Lord is our strength and that our brains don't understand it, but you do. And you come in and you show us the joy of the Lord in all of our situations. We thank you, God, for your presence. Your mighty name, Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Strong Tower Mental Health Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts and subscribe wherever you listen. Your review helps the show reach more people and spread mental health awareness with Jesus at the Center. You can also check me out on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, or my website at HeidiMortensenLMFT.com. See you at our next episode.